Hello, Alan Doherty here, back again with another episode of Preventive Health and Safety. Today, we're going to be talking about something that is very important, and it's just not real pleasant to talk about. We're going to be talking about house fires, okay? because this is one area where you can really do some good in reducing risk. Okay? Every year, about 358,000 house fires take place in the United States. 358,000. Now, you say, well, there's so many more homes than that. I mean, that's just a small percentage. Yeah, it is. But if you're one of those 358,000, it's not so little. On top of that, there's about 2,800 deaths every year. Two Over 2,800 people die in house fires. That's just way too many. I mean, it's, it's sad. And then about 11,000 some injuries. So 11,000 injuries, 2,800 deaths, 358,000 house fires. I want you to walk away from this podcast knowing that you have some things that you can do to reduce that risk. That's what we're all about, risk reduction. No matter what topic we're talking about, we're always going to come back to reducing risk because it's a key to wellness, it's a key to longevity, and there's a whole lot of people out there that don't practice this, and because of that, they're going to end up someday being a statistic. You want to do everything you can to get your risk as low as possible. So let's talk about these house fires. I'm going to tell you two things that you need to concentrate on. Number one is preparation. Preparing, okay? That is huge. When you're talking about preparing, basically we're talking about prevention, okay? You're preparing your home to be free from any type of risk of having a fire. All right, let's start off with something simple. Uh, I bet before I even start talking about this, you can come up with a bunch. But let's talk about smoke detectors. Obviously, you should have smoke detectors everywhere in your house. Anywhere that there may be a possibility, and of course, obviously, there's a possibility of a fire anywhere, but, you know, like the kitchen, garage, basement, and hallways, the the hallway to the upstairs, if you have an upstairs, uh, just any place that you can put it. They're very inexpensive. They're very easy to maintain. You just simply turn or change a 9-volt battery, and we recommend every six months Go by Christmas and, and uh, 4th of July. That's a good time to change it. On 4th of July, they're putting off fireworks. Change the battery in your fire detector. Christmas time, ho, 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 Santa Claus is coming. Change the battery in your fire, uh, your uh, smoke detectors. All right? So when we're talking now about uh, the smoke detectors, of course, they're there. And there is a good reason for that because, you know, a lot of times, People that die in house fires don't actually die from heat or fire. They die from smoke inhalation. Carbon monoxide, smoke, it can cause respiratory distress, and people die all the time that never even touch a flame of fire. So smoke detectors are so important. Plus, when a smoke detector goes off, if it goes off early enough, which it most likely will, if there's any type of smoke at all, it gives you more time to get out of the house and get away safely or perhaps even be able to extinguish the fire. All right, and then there's fire extinguishers. Now, <clears throat> when you talk about fire extinguishers, you say how many should you have, where should you have them? Obviously, you should have one in the kitchen and one in the garage. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. One in the basement. 
but you know, you, if you have a two-story house, you ought to have one on the second floor too. Uh, think about it for a second. If, if a fire would start on the second floor, and it's a small fire, but it's, it's big enough that you just can't put it out without, you, I mean, you need a fire extinguisher. By the time you get downstairs, get the fire extinguisher, and get back upstairs, it might only be not even a whole minute. You, you would not believe how fast fire can grow. It really does. We saw a film one time, and uh, it's just so interesting. The fire department put it on for us when I was in medic school. And they lit a chair on fire in the living room, and they timed how long it took for that house to be fully engulfed in flames. And it went up like, I mean, a, a dry brush pile. It just, that's how fast that's how fast it works i mean fires spread very quickly depending on the ventilation windows open doors open whatever uh it it can really devour a house up quickly so smoke detectors are very helpful and fire extinguishers and, and try to get them as many places as you can so that you're able to get to the fire extinguisher and get it to the fire quick enough to where your house is going to be spared all right, so many of you may have smoke detectors. You may have fire extinguishers, but I'm wondering if you have this. If you have a second story on your house, you have a two-story house or even three, do you have a rope ladder on that second story? So now what's a, oh, a rope ladder? Yes. Think about this. If you have a stairwell going up to the upstairs, obviously you'd have to have a stairwell unless you get an elevator. You have a stairwell going to the upstairs, and the fire is preventing you from coming down those steps. How are you going to get out of the house? And please don't tell me you're going to throw everybody out the window. I mean, if you're on the second story and it's any height to it at all, if it's over a driveway, I mean, there's going to be some severe injuries. So the answer to that is having a rope ladder, okay? So these rope ladders, they're, they're very simple to use. They hook on to the window seal. You throw it out the window, and then you're able to climb down. So there's all kind of ways that you can you can plan for that. We'll talk about that in a minute. We're not going to jump into that yet. We will in a few minutes. But it's very handy to have, and you should have one. You should have it in one designated room. You should be able to open that window easily. You should practice it and make sure that it works properly. Uh, you make sure you don't have to do any additional work around the window seal to make sure it holds. Um, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but you should have a rope ladder up there. You should have your wiring inspected. A lot of times, houses that are old in particular, that wiring's been in there for a long time. That insulation may not be in the best shape, you may have had rodents and all kind of things in there gnawing on the wires. If you have an older home, you should have that checked, and especially if you have an older box. If you have an older electricity box and it has fuses maybe instead of breakers, or even if it has breakers, you know, they get musty sometimes. They get mildew in there and they start rusting. There's all kind of things that can take place. That should be checked periodically, though. The biggest cause of house fires, besides cooking, <laughs> is electrical fires. 
All right. So have that checked. The same with appliances. You know, uh, we have electric ranges, we have electric hot water heaters, we have a washing machine and dryers. And by the way, dryers are, are horrible. They really are. They cause a lot of house fires. They cause a lot of just regular fires in themselves. They get heated. Of course, there's massive heating elements in there. Then there's the lint factor. Uh, you say, well, I clean my lint filter out all the time. That's good, but you still need to vacuum inside to make sure you get all the lint that's down there. And you should go outside and take the cap off of the exhaust and vacuum that whole area out in there. And even every once in a while, change the hose or vacuum the hose out because that can build up a lot of lint. And uh, there's a lot of heat that goes through there, and you just never know when a fire could occur. So dryers are definitely dangerous. Heating is is another big area that you have to be careful of. You know, a lot of times people don't, you know, especially in the fall and the spring, when it's not really cold enough to turn the main heating on. So you just want to warm the house up a little bit. So what do you usually do? Uh, you usually get a maybe a space heater or a kerosene heater. And a lot of times people have trouble affording, and I hate to say that, but gosh, uh, fuel, oil, and electricity, and gas, the prices have gone up so astronomically, some people just can't afford it, so they, they burn these kerosene heaters, and they can be safe, but they can also be dangerous, and they can also be deadly. So you have to be very careful. Make sure that those things get inspected periodically, make sure the wicks are good, make sure uh, there's no leaks anywhere and everything's in good condition before you use any type of uh, a heating device in the house. And then, of course, there's smoking. Uh, I could spend a lot of time on this one. First of all, you shouldn't smoke at all. It's, it's horrible for your health. It's a risk factor in so many different diseases, but I'm not going to go there. Because we're not talking about that, we're talking about fires. Many, many, many fires are set by people smoking inside the house. So recommendation number one, never smoke inside the house. Okay, just just don't do it. Don't make a practice of, of, of smoking in the house. Number two, if you have to smoke in a house, don't smoke anywhere near anything that would be considered flammable. Just for example, if I sit on my couch and smoke a cigarette, the arm of the couch, the pillows, all the stuff around there, the carpet, that's that's flammable, okay? But if you sit at the kitchen table and the kitchen table's wood or glass and the chair's wood and the floor is linoleum, you know, the risk is a lot less. That's what I'm saying. So just don't smoke in the house at all. But if you do, make sure that you don't smoke in an area that... You know, you may set it down in an ashtray. It may fall out of the ashtray, you know, and ashes and, and, and the hot cigarette butt could go somewhere and cause a fire. And then don't ever, ever, please don't ever smoke a cigarette while you're relaxing in a position where you could fall asleep. Like if you're sitting in a recliner and you're getting drowsy and you're smoking a cigarette, you could fall asleep, that cigarette could fall down, start the couch on fire, start the chair on fire, the recliner. It could be terrible. Don't ever, ever smoke in bed. So many fires have been started by people smoking in bed. They lay down and they say, I'm going to have one more cigarette before I go to bed. 
Uh, Why well, read? They get drowsy. They fall asleep. The cigarette falls down, catches it on fire, and and boom! It's 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 tragic. So all right. So that's some of the preparation areas. You could probably think of a lot more. Uh, and but I'll tell you what, just doing those things will help you immensely. Make sure those smoke detectors are there. Make sure you have the fire extinguishers, the rope ladder upstairs, and, and make sure you get the wiring checked, the appliances checked, and and the, the heaters, and don't smoke in the house. All right? Now let's talk about the second thing, and that's planning. <laughs> you say, oh, no, he's not going to suggest we have fire drills. Oh, yes, I'm going to suggest that you have fire drill. But, but, but think about this for a minute, all right? Let's say, let's say an average family, okay? You have mom, dad, an eight-year-old, and a six-year-old. We'll just, we'll go with that. Everybody's sleeping soundly, and all of a sudden, the smoke detector goes off. What's the first thing that happens? Your heart starts racing. You start wondering what's going on. Your, your, your body goes into this flight mode where it just wants to get away from whatever the problem is and whatever the danger is. And it, it can cause you to be really in a state where you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just reacting. You just got to do it. You just got to go. You just got to run. You just got to grab the kids. You got to grab this. You got to get out. Okay. So that it's often what we call chaos. <laughs> okay, it's confusing chaos. People don't know where to go. People don't know what to do. And because there's no plan. All right. So you should rehearse that every once in a while. Okay, kids, we're in bed. Everything's going on. Smoke detector goes off. What's the first thing that should happen? All right. We all meet out here in the hallway. That way, whoever the leader is, if dad's home or mom's home, one of them, whoever the leader is, they're going to do an initial assessment. Okay, there's the front door. No danger. Let's get out. And then maybe someone will go and see exactly what's going on. If they have the ability to do that and it looks like it's safe to do so, get a fire extinguisher and see what's causing the smoke. All right. So at least everybody knows that. If not, one of the children can start running down the steps if it's upstairs or running down the hallway towards the front door. And it, there may be some fire coming from the basement. There could be fire on the wall. Uh, and it could be tragic. But if that child knows to stay in the hallway until they're directed to go where they're supposed to go, see what I'm saying? It makes it so much better to have an organized plan. What if you're upstairs? Okay. Uh, Johnny and Billy, we'll call them. Okay, Johnny's the eight-year-old, Billy's the six-year-old. The rope ladder is in Johnny's room, okay? So when they get to the hallway, if the leader says, oh, my goodness, we can't get down the stairs, everyone knows immediately to go to Johnny's room because that's where the rope ladder is. Now, see, this sounds silly because he's, I can't believe he's trying to tell me to have a fire drill in my house. But really, think about it. It, it makes it so much nicer. Hopefully, you'll never have a fire. Um praying and hoping and wishing with all my might that nobody listening to this podcast will ever have a house fire. But if you do, everybody in the house is going to know what to do. I'll tell you something else happens. When there's a fire, people think about what they want to get out of the fire. I've got to get the dog. I've got to get my doll. I've got to get, <laughs> I guess uh, Johnny and, and Billy wouldn't have a doll, but let's say Sally was one of them. 
uh, get my doll. I've got to get this. I've got to get that. Maybe the husband says, I've got to get my computer. The wife says, I've got to get my purse. Man, there's just so many things that, that are going through your head because the house is on fire. This is something you've never been through before. It, it, it's a really a, a problem that you've never encountered. And so your mind's going in a thousand directions. So there has to be clear, explicit thinking. And in order to do that, there has to be some guidance. So a leader has to be the guide. All right. There is a small fire out in the garage or smoke coming in. We have a little bit of time. I'm going to go out and try to extinguish the fire. And you start grabbing stuff till you hear me tell you to get out. You know, or something like that. Depending on the severity of the fire, obviously. Okay, so I'm not saying that, you know, you should try to hurry up and get everything out of the house. It's valuable because the house is going to burn down and you might get caught in there while you're trying to get stuff out. No, safety's first. Life-saving is first. And injury prevention's first. Get all that out there first. But if there is time to shut doors and extinguish the fire, uh, that's wonderful. That could save your household entirely. So so you've got to have a plan. And, and the better you plan, the better chance you're going to have of successfully getting everybody out of the house safely if you do have a fire. All right? The same thing with the exit routes. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm in my house now. I have a door here, and I have a door over there. Okay, uh, and it's through the kitchen. So if obviously if the fire's engulfing the kitchen and blocking the kitchen door, I'm going to go out this door. So everybody in the household will know that. Take the message from the leader. Where are you going? What exit are you going to take? And not only that, where are we going to meet up? That's important because nothing worse than everybody flying out of the house and going in 10 different directions and Billy wants to go over and tell the neighbors, and Johnny wants to go over and tell his friend, and now you got two parents out there, the house is on fire, and they can't find either one of their children. That, that's just heartbreaking. You've got to find a place to meet so you can make sure that everybody is out of that house, okay? So, you got to get your exits correct. you got to make sure you have a meeting place. Uh, and not only that, you know, when we talk about possessions, they should be talked about you know, in the very beginning, saying, kids, if one of us say that it is a, a real fire, it's a real threat, and it's it's spreading fast, please don't stop to grab anything. Just get out of the house. Okay? Then when we talk about some of the other things in preparation, we talk about fire extinguisher and extinguishing fires. You know, you ought to go over a little bit of that because not everything puts out every fire. Just to give you an example, been through this before, got called to a house on a, on a kitchen fire. And sure enough, uh, this good old Southern girl from Selma, Alabama was cooking some bacon and she had, uh, the paper towel on the uh, stove and she would take the bacon out of the pan, put it on there. And of course, you know what she did with bacon, try to get some of the grease off. But somehow it got too close to the burner. It caught on fire, caught the grease on fire. She went over and got a coffee pot full of water and threw it on the grease fire. The grease went everywhere with fire. And next thing you know, her kitchen's pretty well cooked. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, so, but you don't put water on a grease fire, you see. You can put baking soda on it and you can use a, a different type of fire extinguisher, but... 
you ought to make sure that you talk to everybody in the house so they know exactly what to do with a fire. If it's a fully engaged fire and it's roaring, fire extinguishers not going to help much. You need to get out. Okay. If it's a little fire, you know, spraying down at the base of the fire, you may be able to extinguish it. Uh, there are different extinguishers. There's ABC. Some of the extinguishers now put out all kind of fires. Uh, it has a mixture of water and some, uh, you know, stuff to put out electrical fires, stuff to put out grease fires. Very, very good. They've, they've, they're doing everything they can to try to make it as simple as possible for consumers. But make sure everybody knows stuff like that. So what are you trying to say, Alan, in this episode? I'm trying to say that too many people get hurt and killed in house fires. And I don't want you to be one of them. I don't want anybody to be one of them. But I want you to say, hey, this is worth just a little bit of time. It's not going to take long to get those fire extinguishers in there. It's not going to take long to put smoke detectors up and change the batteries. It's not going to take long to get with your family. And, you know, tell them if they're willing to do it, you'll buy a pizza or something that night. You know, just just make it kind of a fun evening. But make sure everybody understands it's serious and that you want to make sure that in case something like that happens, all your loved ones will be safe. Thank you for being here. I hope you've enjoyed it. Visit my website, preventivehealthandsafety.com, and you can also get my book on uh, preventive health and safety. It's called An Ounce of Prevention is Worth More Than You Can Imagine. And it has a nice little family picture on the front looking up at the title like, yeah, an ounce of prevention is going to keep my family safe, and it sure can. So anyhow, it's it was good to have you with us for our podcast. Looking forward to you being here for the next one. Thanks again. Be safe.